Good morning. Welcome to another Facebook Live session with me. My name's Sarah, and uh, we'll be joined shortly by Jason Perry, Managing Director at ASL Recruitment. Jason is an HR specialist and also a Chartered Fellow of the Chartered Institute of Personnel and Development. <laughs> Got it right for once. Um, so every Saturday we get together and we have a talk about things that are going on in the news related to COVID-19, uh, the world of work and how it affects workers. So if you have any questions, do pop them into the chat box for us. Um, and in the meantime, we'll get rolling on, on various issues that we have already in front of us. So uh, with no further ado, let me bring Jason into the conversation. Jason, are you there? Good morning, Sarah. Good morning, Jason. Nice how are you? to see you finally mastered the Chartered Institute of Personnel and Development. I'll get it wrong again next week, don't worry. <laughs> but anyway, so on this bright and sunny Saturday after, uh, morning even, a um, few things going on. So um, should we start off with perhaps some of the um, less pleasant issues, if you like. Um, furlough is coming to an end. It is. But just before we do, I'll just throw something else. Um, you won't get it right next week because next Saturday I'm taking a break from this for a day. Um, simply because it's my daughter's birthday and she might be not too understanding if I think doing a live interview is more important uh, than being with her. Yeah, I'd forgotten about that. It's actually also my dad's birthday too. There we go. <laughs> but, so yes, we won't be here next Saturday, but we will be here the Saturday after and indeed, by indeed. then I'll definitely get it wrong. Okay, <laughs> good to know. Yeah, um, furlough. Um, we're, uh, shall we say, at the beginning of the end stages um, it's got another two months to run, so we've still got a lot of support. And do you know, when furlough was brought in, two months seemed like a long time. Um, so back in March, wasn't it? So what have we had? April, May, June, July, August. We've had five months of it. Six months of it, sorry, because it was backdated to March, wasn't it? Um, so yes, there are only two months left. But the big thing that's now happening, um, I've mentioned before, in August, part of the cost was put on employers. So anyone that was on furlough during the month of August was not wholly paid for by the government anymore. The employer actually stumped up some of that cash. And what's happening is the amount the employer is being asked to pay is going up a little in September and a little bit more in October. So what we're seeing this month is as well as paying the pension contributions, as well as paying the employer's national insurance, the employer is paying 10% of the cost. And next month, it will be 20% of the cost. And then it ends from the beginning of November. I guess the significance of that is this is an encouragement for employers to move people back into, shall we say, paid work, to get them back into productivity-based work um, as the scheme tapers out and comes to an end. That has two benefits. Sorry, has two effects. One of them is we will start to see more and more people going back into their roles where that's the case. But sadly, there's a second effect, and that is those people who have spent, those employers that have spent the past five, six months working out how they're going to operate in a new normal post-COVID world have been frantically trying to restructure. And some of those will be saying, not all of these jobs are viable. And I would expect as we get towards the middle of September, the end of September, I think this is when we're going to start to see the redundancies and we're going to start to see a change where they're happening. And I don't want to be doom and gloom and say it's everywhere. It, it is an unknown, Sarah, in all honesty. 
we just don't know what level um, of job cuts we're going to see. But this month, I think, is when we're going to start to see them. Yeah. And certainly we've seen a few in the news, haven't we? Um, I mean, it's obviously it's been going on over the whole of the coronavirus period, but uh, we're starting to see more and more. We've had uh, Virgin, Costa um, announcing, you know, sort of thousands of job cuts as we well. Have. We have. I mean, we've had a few already. I think it was last week or the week before we talked about pret a making cuts. The retail um, sector and the hospitality sector has had an incredibly rough time. Um, and that's had a disproportionate effect on younger workers. Um, but as we go into this, any, anyone who knows me well knows I quite like drinking my coffee. With that, I feel a need I ought to pick up and have a little bit of my uh, cappuccino yes. here. But, but the reality is people are not going out in the way they were to whether or not it's Costa or Cafe Nero or Starbucks, whatever their town centre coffee shop was, for two reasons. One because there is still an element of caution, but two, because our workers aren't going back to town and city centres. So where we're seeing Costa, I think, have announced 1,650 job cuts, what we've got is organisations like that trying to find a way of holding the business together so they have enough left when we get to the end of the crisis, they can bounce back. And that sadly means job cuts. I think um, somebody mentioned to me that is it pret that have now brought in a, a monthly subscription for coffee? Yes, that's right. Yes, £20 a month. Um, I think it's basically you can drink as much coffee as you like. Um, subscription, it, it's a great idea. Um, if you drink fancy coffee, however, when I go into pret I take my own mug um, and I just have a white coffee and it costs me 49p. Uh, I don't think even I can drink that much. I don't think even you could drink that much coffee. <laughs> I might challenge that thinking, but it, it, it's an interesting point because it's the first steps we're seeing, as I said, of businesses trying to change their model so they have secure income. And that's what we're going to see over the coming weeks and months. Some of it might be about redundancies. Some of it might be about new loyalty bonuses. But we're going to see people trying to plan their business so that they have something that can survive this crisis. Mm. Um, we've also got, as well as seeing the latest to a Virgin and Costa, um, but the TUC have actually started putting proposals to government. And it's quite similar to, let's say, a flexible furlough um, scheme, which has that unfortunate acronym. I shouldn't have said that. Um, but uh, the uh, short time working is what they've suggested the government should support which is effectively where is a, if a role is no longer justifiable on a full-time basis, that the government put money in to support the hours somebody doesn't work. So it really is along the lines of a flexible furlough scheme, but the TUC are lobbying quite hard and suggesting that may be a way of propping up business, propping up jobs as we continue to fight through this crisis. Okay, and that seems to be finding some, some measure of support as well, doesn't it? So, Well, it's, it, it's early days, Sarah. I mean, uh, do you know, if we had one or two unions or, um, you know, members of the Labour Party proposing it, um, that might be relatively quiet. But the TUC as a whole proposing it doesn't mean it will go anywhere, by the way, but there is a degree of pressure there being put. Okay, um, and uh, also to kind of prop things up a little bit, shall we say. The government's bringing in um, the traineeships. Now, they, they announced this a little while ago about funding traineeships, but we've had a bit more detail on that now, haven't we? We have. The scheme is, as I understand it, effectively live as of this week, and applications can now go, now go in. 
I've had an email from, I think it was Kent County Council, um, trying to persuade us as an employer to look at it. And it, it on the surface, it looks like a really good scheme. Effectively, somebody who is 16 to 24 and currently unemployed can go in on a traineeship, which is effectively a six-month uh, program. Um, it, it's often the precursor to uh, an apprenticeship. Um, but it doesn't have to be at a low level. But this six-month traineeship, the government have said they will fund the entire cost of the wages for that six-month period. Now, if that isn't an incentive for an employer to go, do you know what, I'll hire somebody into that role there and start developing them, I'm not sure what is. So, yeah. again, it looks like a really good scheme at this point. The detail will come out in the coming weeks and months as ever, mm. but I think it's a superb move. We've also yeah. got some very positive stuff going on in the job market. I, I don't want to be all doom and gloom. We know it's tough out there. Those who are either looking for work or doing what we do and running a recruitment business know just how hard it is. But right now we've got people like Co-op announcing they're creating a thousand new jobs. Um, the beginning, it seems odd that it's the beginning, but HS2, that rail project that we've been working on for 10 years, apparently has just started... Um, and I think it's the planning phase has ended and the construction is beginning or something of that type. But that's going to create 22,000 new jobs. So on the one hand, we're talking about 1,150 lost at Virgin or 1,650 lost at Costa. But there are things on the other side. 22,000 on the HS2 project is not a small number. Um, no. And again, interesting, there are people who are doing well in this crisis. Amazon seemed to be going from strength to strength. Um, I'm not sure what it's doing for cardboard recycling, if I'm honest, just looking at my own garage and Amazon boxes that need to go to the tip each week. But Amazon are creating 7,000 additional jobs this year. So there are things there going on that are positive too. Yes, and that's, um, yes, just as well. I mean, HS2, that sort of um, suffered a bit of a setback when um, somebody went bust. It was it. It was a construction company, and I think they began with the letter C. Yes, and I know the one you're thinking of, and I can't place it right now, but um, what but yes. happens when you get to be over 40. <laughs> oh, I wonder what my excuse is then. <laughs> huh. um, okay, so um, yes, we've got, uh, we do have some good news going on in terms of, um, you know, sectors that are uh, actually actively employing. Um, interesting news from the NHS with regards yes. to staff who yes. they don't think have been looking after themselves, basically. Mm. Um I, I'm watching for some fallout on this one because it, 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 on the surface it doesn't look very friendly. But the NHS have effectively made an announcement that they won't pay SSP to people, that's statutory sick pay to people, who are um, isolating, who chose not to wear a face mask when asked to during the crisis. So if, it, if they feel an individual didn't take adequate precautions themselves, they're suggesting they may not pay SSP is what the surface of this story looks like. It's, it's essentially saying, um, if you brought this on yourself in part, we're not going to give you the full benefits available and look after you. That's quite a harsh move for any employer, um, but interesting it comes from a government employer. Mm. 
Um, yes, it sort of um, it goes along with the whole if you are self-isolating because you went on holiday and now you've been put in quarantine, the government isn't going to help you out with any um, sort of uh, top up of wages, shall we say? Well, there's there's some interesting points to that one because if you look at it from an employer's point of view, um, and you, you open up a really interesting um, news um, element that's just been creeping out in the past couple of days, but. If an employer pays somebody their salary all year, that individual takes two weeks holiday. They choose to go to somewhere where they could have or should have known, which is the phrase a lawyer would use, um, may become on the quarantine list simply because its cases are higher than Britain. And then they come back and are told to quarantine. Should the employer pay their wages for two weeks? Um, and from a, a logical business perspective, the answer is no. Um, and most businesses will choose not to. Um, early on in the crisis, we actually have one particular client who springs to mind, when there wasn't quarantine, who told the individual that they couldn't come back to work for a week after international travel. But because the employer was telling them to do it, the employer paid them full pay. Um, but if they're not allowed to, and if the employee could have foreseen it, and most of us probably would argue that if you were to book a foreign holiday today, you know there's a chance you might be quarantined when you come back. Therefore, you could have foreseen it. Mm-hmm. So who should carry that risk, the employee or the employer? And I think most employers would say, it's not yeah. them. Yeah. Um, so that's a reasonable step. But the interesting one I wanted to come out onto, we've had a, um, a legal opinion by a very prominent law firm, JMW um, solicitors, who um, you know at times represent us. They're one of the best employment law experts in the country based in Manchester, um, and we certainly use them for advice. Um, one of their senior partners has suggested this week it is entirely reasonable to cancel an employee's holiday plans if the employer thinks that may cause them to have to quarantine. Because whilst the business can afford the week or two weeks holiday they've permitted them to take, the business may not be able to afford the additional two weeks of downtime that will be forced on them because of quarantine. And therefore, for business reasons, and literally for economic damage to the business, the business is within its right to protect itself and cancel a worker's holiday. That's interesting. That's Very interesting. Uh, I think we're going to see some, um, I think we may see some interesting cases coming as a result of, uh, of that. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yes. Mm, okay. Uh, now, okay, a last thing, which again is on the up as far as we're concerned anyway, uh, the number of staff working exclusively from home. Uh, The number has dropped, which means we are definitely seeing a return of people to the workplace and therefore to our city centres. And uh, again, that all goes towards supporting the economy, doesn't it? Presumably some of that is also to do with a furlough is coming to an end and also the the kids are going back to school. So potentially people have more option to get back to work. I'm not sure there's too much of a link to furlough. Um, But what we are seeing is more and more organisations finding, let's say, safe ways to return to the workplace. Um, And we're expecting, and I've said before, as we go into September, um, we're expecting to see that lovely office behind you a little more open and staffed than we have been for the past four or five months. Um, And we've got people now in the office. We've been working from home really effectively, but 
we've got people now going into the office two, three days a week, and I think that's going to be the, the, the case. So as we move towards October, November, it's going to be open normally. But it's doing so safely and making sure you don't have people working too closely together. What we've seen is a shift, whereas now the number of people in the UK, the number of employees who are working only from home and therefore not going into an office at all, is 20% of the workforce. In June, it was nearly 40% of the workforce. So there is a shift. The shift appears to be a gentle return and people going in one, two days a week. And we've equally seen the development of uh, two, three-day season tickets being proposed for the railways um, mm. as a way of trying to balance that and get people back in. Numbers in city centres and major towns are still looking very low, in all honesty. Well, it's early days, and hopefully um, hopefully that will all start to bounce back too uh, in the not-too-distant future. I hope so. Okay, so I think that's really all we have time for for today. In fact, we probably snuck over the time limit ever so slightly. Um, so uh, thank you very much, Jason, for joining us again. Uh, we would like to say thank you to everybody who's joined us uh, live today. Um, don't forget, we are not here next week because there are birthdays going on and therefore... Uh, we have family things to attend to, but we'll be back the week after. Do send in any questions that you may have with regard to coronavirus, furlough, employment law, HR advice, anything like that. You can send it to hastings at aslgroup.co.uk or give the team a call on 01424 452999. In the meantime, we will say goodbye for this week. Thank you very much indeed, Jason, um, and I'll talk to you again soon. Thanks, Sarah. Bye-bye. Bye, everyone.